Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we are, Rob. <laughs> hey, Todd. <laughs> and uh, another edition of the new media show. And I'm, uh, I kind of miscalculated because I originally thought I was going to be out today. And it turns out I actually yeah. fly out tomorrow. <laughs> So uh, here we are, get to do a show, and I leave for Reno and abuse my liver all weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it worked out, Todd. That's all. Yeah, I'm going to a uh, a reunion with a bunch of uh, retired military guys that were all stationed together, and you know, one guy's like, "I hope the bar has enough liquor." So we're we're going to be in Reno. So I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, hey, welcome to the show. And of course, uh, we're so low today, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, this week. All right. But I do want to go through and, and just let everybody know about our boosts that did come in. We got, man, we got some reaction from Dave being on the show last week. Um, we got two, yeah. 2,000 sats from Mortz from Albie says, hey, the show with Dave is a must listen. I will recommend it to everyone who is not yet familiar with Podcasting 2.0 and wants to learn more about it. We got 10,000 sats from Mary Oscar. Said, great interview. Thanks, Todd Rob. Of course, Dave the Pod Sage. We got 10,000 sats from Mitch. He said, great episode with Dave the Pod Sage on point. There's no, he says, one point. And I want to emphasize that Podping is far more eco friendly than other RSS notifications. Many. People hear blockchain and think that uses a lot of energy. But Podping uses an energy-efficient blockchain called Hive. Podping dramatically reduces server costs and network traffic and makes the podcast ecosystem more green overall. That's right, because it's less traffic. Once you start pinging the index, they don't go and pull no more. So they're not using that traffic to pull the feed every hour, every hour, using energy to do so. Um, and of course, we got a huge number of sats from Adam. We talked about on the show a total of like 150,000 sats that came in from him. And by the way, Adam, you want your stickers, you got to send me your address. Okay. So send me like 10 sats in your address. Same thing with anyone else that's donated 50,000 sats in a single shot. Send me your address so I can send you your sticker stuff. But uh, anyway, so there is our. Podcast 2.0, value for value. And if we give you value today, then we expect a donation. <laughs> <laughs> no, do what you want to do, you know? Right. Yeah, feel, feel free. I saw something this morning in Soundbites that made me go, aha, interesting. And I repeat. Immediately replied to to Tom, and you know what's kind of interesting here is um, let me do this. Don't eat me, Tom Webster. Is he keeps bringing things up every once in a while? Goes, we knew this, right. or we've been telling folks to do this, and what it refers to is basically talking about um, promo codes, right. And I've been Are talking about, away, right? well, I've been talking, you know, <laughs> my particular show with, in with pr promoting GoDaddy, there are promo codes. Yeah. 
But my promo codes are kind of weird now, so they're not really easy to promote on the show. Mm -hmm. And so promo codes to me depended upon the So let me back way up. In the early days of podcasting, when we were doing 50, 100, 400 shows on the same buy, everyone used the same promo code. Right. So we got economy of scale from everyone using the same promo code. So if there was cross-audience listening, they heard the same promo code with that media buyer. And then the campaigns were all given a promo code that they, like it would be, we'd be podcast one or podcast two or whatever right. it would be. Right. And th is if those 400 show listeners entered podcast one as a promo code, we got the credit. It was all great and dandy. Performance was measured. The advertiser was happy. But we always told the media buyer, and oftentimes it was the company, please create a landing page. Your.com forward slash podcast or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And boy, it, 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 it was like pulling teeth <laughs> to get advertisers to add a landing page on their website that would describe the offer mm -hmm. That would be a lead gen, sales gen, whatever it was. It was like pulling teeth. But right. yet, every time we had an advertiser do that, the performance was extremely high. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, so Rob, what's more easy? Now listen to this. So if you want to support my podcast and pick up a product at GoDaddy, go over to geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Right. If you want to support my podcast and promote this show and help this show out, go over to godaddy.com forward slash podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to remember geeknesscentral.com forward slash godaddy. Guess right. what I've had? I've had a geeknesscentral.com forward slash godaddy. I looked at it 12 years. And it's probably ranked pretty high in Google too now, right? <laughs> So, <laughs> yes, and I have a geeknesscentral.com, and I don't think it's been updated in a while, offers page. Mm -hmm. So I have two pages on my personal website that I've used for GoDaddy and other offers. Tom is dead on. His wife, matter of fact, said, why don't people do this? I think it was his wife's idea. And Tom, she's brilliant. Definitely a keeper. You already know that. But <laughs> it's true. But you, good luck getting these advertisers to put a landing page. They're going to want to do this. Podcast 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 4, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Because they want to cherry pick shows and campaigns. And they want to say, okay. Podcast three didn't perform. You're out. Right. They're idiots. They yeah. are idiots because they don't understand the value. You know, I've, I preach this. I preach this. I preach this. I've been in media buyers offices, done this for years. When was the last time you listened to a podcast ad? They told you to go to a landing page. Yeah, it doesn't happen. happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. I 
I did this when I worked at uh, Podcast One. Uh, this was back in 2014. We actually uh, thought of this concept, but but it was really more, um, you know, us as a network taking responsibility for this and right. building a, a landing page on right. our website right. for all the advertisers that are linked up through the yep. shows. So yep. each of the shows would just point to the same page. They would go to pod- all the advertisers. They'd say right. Podcast One slash such and such, whatever right. the deal was. Right. And it actually worked really well because it created a place for the listeners to go to, to redeem the offers. Cause that's right. You know, you, I mean, you listen to the ad in the audio and you don't always remember that's right. the address you or don't. the promo code and all that stuff, but you'll probably remember the name of the brand, right? They want attribution. So, that's attribution. Right. Right. You know, going to a landing page on their website, that gives them the attribution they're looking for. Right. Don't need no stinking pixel tracking code. <laughs> well, y- you could put that pixel tracking code right on that. You, you could, right. but why? I know. Well, Let's look at the inbound traffic to that page. It's conversion is what you want. Right. Who cares about the tracking? So, <laughs> really. you know, the, you know, the unsown, and don't get me wrong, that geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy page has been worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've known it for years too. Yeah. I've, I, I've told friends of mine and I've, I've shared it on, online. Go to, if you want to get a discount at GoDaddy, go right. to the page. <laughs> go to the page. And, and it's really that simple, right? And right. You, go, you scroll through the list of offers <laughs> and you match it up with what you're looking That's for. That's right. And, and move on yeah, right. and click the link, which has a promo code. Right. It's totally. embedded in the link. And then the advertiser gets the, they know that they've clicked through for that as well. Right. So... It's, it's like, yeah, rinse, that. wash, repeat. <laughs> and Tom, thank you. Thank you for putting it out yeah. there. Um, yeah. They did that study and they said, how many of you remember the promo code on Gordon Harbinger show? And they didn't remember the promo code. They remembered the advertiser. Right. So oh, if they go to their website sense. later. And, you know, they go to, I think it was a simple greens or whatever it is, uh, not simple greens, but age, whatever it is. Right. And I probably shouldn't talk about that product. Um, the okay. it's, it's everywhere. YouTube, they, they, right. they're, they're everywhere. And it's not simple greens. It's something else. AGC or I, I don't remember, but see, I don't even know. And I've heard it on YouTube a hundred times. Um, athletic greens is what it's called. So, see, finally dug it out, right? I don't remember a promo code. (laughs) Well, actually, I remember one on YouTube, Trent and Allie. That's the only one I remember. But because I watch their YouTube channel a lot, and they're on there a lot. Again, it's repetition, right? So, um, I think what, but it's not going to change. Getting the media buyers, first of all, if they're repping a company, and them going back, hey, by the way, um, Todd over at Blueberry wants you to put a landing page on your website that's podcast or whatever the name is. Oh, we can't do that. Yeah. So, Todd, how does this concept scale with programmatic? Is the is, is the question I have? Oh, no, it doesn't, <laughs> and not at all. So well, we're talking. It's not technologically no, impossible. No, but it does take uh, a a brand and the uh, podcasting 
there has to be uh, some interface and show that, yeah. that works together on this and it could be dynamically generated in a brand that's, that's website. True. There, well, right. the brand could definitely generate a page mm-hmm. for sure. You know, if they would, you know, if, and, and they could pre-build, they could, you don't have to have, you could pre-build 20 pages. Yeah. And I've seen this done on advertisers w- website before. I, think I have too. The person that's, I, I've seen it the most o- o- over the years is, uh, Leo Laporte. I right. think he had all sorts of deep relationships with his advertisers yep. Yep. and they would actually build a page That's with right. his picture the on it. The key is deep, right. long-term relationship. Now my right. GoDaddy page didn't come about until year one or year two. Matter of fact, GoDaddy was the one that recommended. They, they were the one that said, Hey, why don't you put a landing page on your website? Right. They're the ones that actually made the recommendation. I didn't originate that. Yeah, and I think that this is a strategy. I think as we look at kind of a more challenging advertising market, um, this this is a way to squeeze more juice out of the out of the orange, right? No, this I mean, is not about squeezing more juice. This is being smart <laughs> and getting conversions. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is, but yeah, especially in this environment, if we can drive enough ROI and value, uh, then that's going to sustain the the CPMs and yeah. it's going to sustain the campaigns and yep. it's going to deliver yep. what these brands need and want right now. And that's continued flow of customers. Right. So, so, you know, it's just, I saw that today. I was like, Oh, and you know, and, and Mignong Fogarty weighed in on my Twitter thread. She came in behind me, says we do this for every advertiser. We create a landing page on a quick and dirty tips. And we, we try the keyword is try to get the advertiser to do that. And she said, yes, retweet this a thousand times. You know, how, how come, how come these media buyers don't listen? We're trying to help them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like this is a new concept. No, it's been around for a very, very long, long time, time. (laughs) but you know, it's just, it goes to prove that they looked at the data and said that promo codes are not as effective without I say, go to my, go to my website at geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Links and promo codes are there. Click on the link or use the promo code on that page at checkout at GoDaddy. But I just wanted to click the link to lock it in because once they lock it in, then it sets a cookie for 30 days. I get credit that they come back two weeks later right? and buy the product. Even if they, even if they come in on a different promo code, my cookie is number one. I led them there first. Yep. So what's, what's really interesting about this is this might be something that could be beneficial to brand advertisers too. Um, because I think a lot of brand brand advertisers don't think this. Level. No, but, but they're doing brand lifts. They're not, they're not, you know, Geico and everyone else. They're not looking. They're just yeah, looking but everybody to get, wants to convert sales. They want to convert, but, but it's, but it depends on what the product is, right? If the right. product is, you know, toilet paper in the grocery store, it's probably not going to convert unless people buy through, through an online retailer. But, the problem though yeah. is, is, is the, basically the, the, the media buyers and some of these sites like athletic greens, mm-hmm. they're giving, they're doing these landing pages on athletic greens. But they're they're doing hundreds, maybe even thousands of them landing pages, one for each advertiser. Right. If I think 
if I was running Athletic Greens campaign, I would have one page on that website mm-hmm. for everybody. And then, but again, it all goes back to them wanting to nick, wanting to, okay, this show didn't perform, so we're not going to give them any more money. Not thinking about this, this ability to have a centralized strategy where, where some will, some won't, so what? As long as the campaign money being spent rises the top. But then the, the, the brand's going to say, well, then who do we know how to cut? Right. You know, well, there again, therein lies a challenge. So I understand their dilemma. But we had done this uh, before where I actually had a, like, literally, podcast one through podcast 240. Right. That was, I had to give a number to each show. And what the, what the vendor did was they did some trickery in Apache or JavaScript. It all went to the same page. But when, uh, when, uh, 240 went in, it went redirected to the page and they, they counted that redirect. So they did some trickery within their system. They didn't have to create 240 pages. They did one and then they set a rule. Their, their IT guy set a rule that mm-hmm. this series and I, and we were, we basically could use any POD. They got to the point where I could assign any podcast extension, anything beyond podcast could have been, Alphabet Charlie, Podcast ABC, didn't have to be Podcast 123 or Podcast 240. We could do podcast anything for an individual content creator. So if it was, I I could say Podcast GNC or Podcast NMC or NMS, and it would lead to the same page on the vendor's page because they, they basically did some trickery and said, every time something comes through with the extension podcast, whatever route it here. Right. So, but again, okay. yeah. Ford may not want to do that. Geico either. Right. Well, not all advertising um, campaigns. Right. Probably always benefit from, from things like that too, True. I mean, especially the brand folks that yeah. are just trying to build awareness. So, but, but I mean, I would think ultimately they would all love to have some sort of a conversion um, metric of some sort. Now, granted, brand lift is yeah. oftentimes what they're all looking for. But but it's interesting to to raise this again. I I think and bring some attention to it again. I think Todd is a good idea. Well, another thing, just switching topics here, yeah, is this this de- debacle? I can't pronounce it. Debacle with iHeart. Oh yeah. They have damaged. They have damaged podcast measurement. Yeah, now it raises questions my about the about the validity of the IAB metric standard. Um is that good enough to combat this kind of activity, you know. You know, and we all agreed to a set of rules and then someone pulls a shenanigan. Yeah. That in my opinion, Todd's personal opinion is fraud. Well, it is. Yeah, I agree. That's what I claimed on Twitter too. Is that this is not and not it, a good practice. It's 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 not. And um, 
anyone, you know, people have been trying to game the system for many, many years in different variety of different ways. And again, one thing that I want to keep re-emphasizing, the one minute minimum play is the minimum standard. Right. Not the full standard that most of us play by. It's the minimum standard. And it, it is a situation where um, doing activities like that just, you know, throws the uh, baby out with the bathwater. Well, Todd, probably there's some people probably listening to this that maybe may not be familiar with what is going on here, but this is. Um, I guess an advertising campaign or replacement campaign that's being done inside of um, online game apps. Yeah. Yep. Um, that uh, I'm assuming it's a little bit like an ad. Um, well, there's an ad run and then 20 seconds of podcast right. content of, of audio gets right downloaded. before you right. can get a right. token it's like a pre pre cash on the audio. I, I would imagine is how it technically works. You know, if, if I was a game developer, and this is brilliant. They, 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 this, this game developer is brilliant. You know, if it was me doing that, providing that business, I'd have me about four, five, maybe 10,000 people in Asia that uh, would be on beck and call that as soon as one of these campaigns go through, I'd be like, hey, fire, that, fire the game up. And uh, set your VPN for the United States and uh, play the game to your heart's content. So every click you get, every time you click as a game player, every token you earn, you know, on the back end, we're going we're gonna to provide you some revenue. Right. Now, I'm not saying raise... that's what's happening, but hmm. Yeah. Todd, does this raise the question in your mind that that one minute rule is, is not long enough? With this type, if you're doing that, there's a reason why we don't allow autoplay. Right. Autoplays are not allowed. Right. Um, I, th- I think this sets a pretty good precedence that that one minute rule of play is not enough. Yeah. And it also, um, it does value it it puts more of a value on pre-rolls too but i also see the the partial the partial download data mm-hmm. irregardless i don't think that's an actual word regardless of what people say there is activity out there where not a lot of media gets chunked up right so there is the ability to see, because someone say, oh, you press for 20 seconds, you're going to get 15 minutes. Yes, on some apps, yeah, but not all. Right. So there is the ability to see and get a picture. And again, it is a, it is a segment of data. It is not a large portion of data. Right. You get a segment of data to see what people have done when they've actively clicked play and then hit stop. Right. So... I think there's going to be some, I, I hope there's conversation about this with the committee. Um, yeah, it does kind of raise the question in my mind a little bit about um, 
the download versus the stream, right? Um, well, it looks the same, Rob. No, I know it does, but you can technically get a larger batch of audio downloaded in a shorter period of time on a download than you can on a stream. So um, that can look like a longer play, but it really isn't, right? So unless it's actually played through the player, not just cached in the right, player, right. Um, can the server that's serving that file distinguish between the two? Uh, I don't think it can. So that's, it does beg the question about streaming delivery, which is trickled out versus batched out. And right? until, until plays and downloads are no longer the standard they're going to be built for, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Downloads yeah. are the way that the infrastructure yeah. of the medium yep. has been built. Yep. And that's what the metrics are working in. I don't necessarily 100% think that the metrics is a problem here. Um, it's how it's being, uh, I guess, hacked, I guess. Well, you know, it, yeah. in, in, in days of old, right. this wow. type of activity would have been brutalized by everybody and their brother yeah, and no one we're in a different era now we are in a different era no one very few people have come out and said this is wrong publicly well so, besides us i guess <laughs> and a few others and a there, few others there, there, there's others out there that are, but yeah. it is it's disturbing to me and it um but, you know, for the majority of folks, they don't pay attention to this because they don't care because they're not doing advertising. So for the majority of podcasters right. out there, this is a, it's a non-brainer. Well, but, a lot of people probably don't want to raise the flag on this one too much because it does um, put the medium in a negative light. Well, and, you know, if, if I was right. those advertisers that were being played in those episodes or those short plays, I would be... be I... I would be looking for some money back. Right. Yeah. I would be demanding. It could be happening too. It could be, be it could be happening back door. Could be. Um, this is not a good time to be doing that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Right. And you look at, uh, you know, th what's in the news with potentially Cadence 13 being on oh, the block yeah. because. Yeah, th that one is. Uh, their, their company is. Uh, so they, they, they want like $90 million for it. I, you know, I might I tell you what, uh, they, they want to sell cadence 13 to me. Uh, just reach out. I got a hundred, hundred grand. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll pony up. pull out of the, three digits out of that number. Todd? That yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's all you're doing is just removing. Three How digits. can that not be a profitable business? How can cadence 13 not be profitable? Well, it's, it's probably a combination of cadence 13 and the issues around odyssey. Um, I, I, I'm sure you saw the stock price. For yeah. Odyssey. But how can, how can they not be profitable? You know, the, look, look at the shows they've got on this thing. They, they have it to me. I'm like, how, well, how are these, how is, oh, this? is this a cash raise is what this is, Todd. I understand that. But if you have a company if Cadence 13 was profitable, they would not be in the potential position to sell them. You would think so. Yeah. Right. If, if, if that was their only source of positive revenue, but right. 
you know, <laughs> I so maybe Cadence 13 is profitable, but just not profitable enough. And yeah, well, or maybe they just need the cash so bad they got to unload the asset to cover cover un, unprofitable operations, right? So, what is the unprofitable portion of you know that company's business? Probably the radio side. So maybe they ought to be selling the radio side instead of Cadence Thirteen. No, well, yeah, but that's a public company too. So you're that's, gonna, that's true. But when you're, you're gonna, at forty cents, we know what happens when companies get down to forty cents, don't we, Rob? Well, there's a good chance. I've always heard that if you get below a buck, you're, you're, you're looking you're, at getting delisted. You're going to right? pink sheets, you know. Right. Well, or completely out of the market, right? Right. Yeah. Well, they usually go send them to pink sheets for a while, you know. And but, it's a slide downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Libsyn would know anything about that. So, uh, no. But that was a whole series of other things that happened there, too. Uh, yeah, that, Chinese acquisition. They went sideways. That was a little and, bit more complicated of a situation. <laughs> it's not so much around profitability. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Right. right. So, you know, yeah. So that's you know, it, Todd. This <laughs> we're. I think we're going to be seeing more of this stuff uh, well, as we over the next six months. I don't know how long this stuff is going to last in the yeah. market. I don't know, but, either. uh, it's, it's, uh, not looking really good right now. I mean, pot, podcasting hopefully can, can just ride right through this because it's, a uh, it's in, in my view, it's a value buy. It's, it's, uh, you know, if you're out there looking for advertising and you're looking for a way to reach, uh, potential customers for your business or your brand, I don't think that there's any more efficient way of doing it. Um, cost-effective way of doing it than podcast advertising, but, um, you know, if you're going to spend money in television or you're going to spend money in, in radio, I think there's a lot of question marks about, you know, whether or not that's going to work very well for you. Well, I so, tell you, I tell you, there's a lot of vultures out there looking for deals right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had, uh, three calls in the last really week of someone looking for, you know, scoop up, they smell blood in the water and, um, institutional investors that buy up portfolios and uh you know and i'm thinking I, i'm telling you know at least two of the people i've talked to and i'm like we're not in trouble <laughs> you know right. we're I good mean, and todd if you think about it uh the effort around programmatic right now is is really terrific timing because um as you saw i i think over the last week or so the advertised cast folks put out that uh, cpms have actually gone up yep um, now granted that's always a, a little bit of a lagging indicator that may not be at the cutting edge of where like this week was or something, but it's just a matter of trying to get the big picture that, uh, the podcast advertising side has been short of inventory, um, in the programmatic side for a long time. And even if we see a little bit of pullback, uh, I still think it's going to, it's going to remain strong. And I think if we can get uh, more shows, just like what you've done, and, and Lipson is in the middle of rolling this out too. We get more shows involved in this because one thing that's great about podcasting is that the generally the content's free, right? So uh, consumption and listening isn't necessarily impacted by economic no, conditions. No, not at all. It's actually the opposite, somewhat. Yeah, because um, it goes up. People you know, maybe you lose their jobs or they well, have more free time. Well, or, they're also yeah, they've right. they've cut out. 
Netflix and other types of things to cut costs. And they're going after more free media. So YouTube, podcasts, those TikTok will all climb because those are generally free mediums. Now on YouTube, you got to put up with the commercials, which are getting more extensive. Um, Whereas. Yeah, they're adding to that. Yeah. Whereas podcasting is not. And at least our approach, we're not hammering with, you know, loading up a dozen, you know, pre-rolls. That's not going to happen. It's just just one. We've been cautioning the industry for months now to just kind of like, you know, don't, don't go overboard. That That's what, one of the things that programmatic, and I learned this a long time ago, I was working at Spreaker on programmatic, is that the tendency is to overload with insertion locations and how many spots you have in per insertion um, can, can get out of control. Just um, yeah, fortunately, real quick. we've seen... We, we, we've seen CPMs go up, so people don't feel that pressure of having to have, you know, eight programmatic ads because each one of them only pays two bucks on the CPM scale. Right. Which is what we saw in the past. The people were trying to get a decent CPM on each episode by just loading up. But I think now you can have a smaller number of uh, insertions that have decent CPM. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's it's more possible to to get an income coming in and the challenge that the industry has is how do we scale this down to smaller shows and, and programmatic is one way of doing that. And I I know that there's others out there that are pushing the envelope on trying to apply technology to get host reads um, into smaller shows too. So we'll see what the advertising side of the market, you know, reacts to that, but that's, that's where we're all pushing. So I guess I am ready to announce where I'm headed. You are. Yes. So you knew about this event. I'm going to now. Okay. So everyone take a deep breath because I've been doing some studying. We'll talk about it here in a second, but I'm going to Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to an event called Ignite. I, leave. I was invited to go to it too with you. Actually, we had an opportunity to do this show there. Yeah. Did it become uh, too late for you to, uh, well, I got, um, I'm fully committed uh, involved uh, in the NAB event in okay. New York. And then I'm also involved in the podcast radio podcasting summit, um, event. I'm going to be on a panel at that on the oh, 19th okay. um, of October. So I'm not going, but I did get an offer to do, do a workshop. Uh, in 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 rehab, r- r- Riyadh, um, subsequent okay. to our conversation, but I had to turn it down. Awesome. So I'll be flying out on the seventeenth of October. Uh, Cr- James Cridlin's going to be there. Matter of fact, he's going to be moderating the panel that yeah. I'm on. And then I have a I don't know. There's some ask the podcast expert session or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, when you hear going to Riyadh to talk about podcasting, Saudi Arabia, people are going to go, huh? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I had sent over five of my decks and I said, hey, here's my decks of stuff I've talked about. Um, just so you know, <laughs> you know, where I'm coming from and about podcasting and being open and diverse and everything like that, because, you know, I had some concerns right. and uh, no issue. you're free to talk about what you want. And, you know, it's, I was like, okay. Well, from what I'm hearing, the culture over there is changing. Rob. 
with younger people. If you have not, if it, okay. So subsequently, since I've been kind of studying up, fifty mm-hmm. percent of the population in Saudi Arabia is under twenty-five. Sixty-some percent is under yeah. thirty. Yeah. Now, politics. Why is that? I wonder. Now, politics mm. aside, <laughs> politics aside, let's leave the politics out of it because that's its own thing. Right. They have made dramatic changes in Saudi Arabia. They they you now can have a tourist visa to go yeah. and go to any part of the country. Mm-hmm. They, um. Obviously, women have been driving. They no longer have to cover up. It's an option. They don't have to. Even um, in, uh, oh boy, I'm, it's on uh, the Red Sea. It starts with an L. I'll have to look at a map. But anyway, there's one part of the country that's gotten really, I wouldn't say liberal, but it's more open. Riyadh is a little more conservative. Right. Um, there's still no alcohol, obviously. But the, I watched a series of YouTube videos and literally was astonished yeah. about how open it's become. The There's a ban on the religious police. They cannot, they, they're not allowed to do what they used to do. Um. It, I mean, it's a huge, and it's like two years, huge yeah. transformation over the past two, two to three years. And, and any of you that are sitting there doubtful, well, me too. I was too. Yeah. So I recommend that you go and just get on YouTube and search for Riyadh or Jeddah. Jeddah is where the, where it's the most open right. and you're seeing interviews with, with, with women, with, I mean, boyfriend and girlfriends walking around in Riyadh holding hands, not married. The, that was unheard of. I, I was in Bahrain post nine eleven in Oman, and absolute. I mean, you're gonna that would that would have been the end, right? Now I I'm just I'm just shocked. So. The Ministry of Communications and other organizations over there are having a summit. And I'm going to tell you, I think there is a huge opportunity for creators now in Saudi Arabia to let your voice be heard. Mm -hmm. And again, politics aside, the change is dramatic. I would... I would have never imagined that I would go be going to Saudi Arabia to talk about podcasting right. and the openness. I think most people would have that. I think that now book, most people, I tell people I'm going right. there and they're like, right. what? I know. Yeah. I've, I told people that I was thinking about going and they, they told me, don't go, don't go. It's too dangerous. It, yeah. And I'm like, things have changed. No, things have, things have changed. Right. So I, I was, you know, and of course, I agreed before having doing the research because I was like, this is an opportunity, if nothing else, to talk about podcasting and, you know, and, and try if, if you can help move the move the spear. Right. right. And I, um, I have seen YouTube videos 
from LGBTQ couples who have went to Riyadh and other places in Saudi Arabia, they never thought they would ever be able to go there because of the prosecution before, and they had an amazing trip. So that in itself to me, because I didn't find any of this out until after I agreed to go, because I'm starting to do the research, thinking about how my responses are going to be to any questions that are asked, considering I wanted to figure out where the country was at. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm just, I'm just literally, there is a, how do we want to put it? Um, I I just think it's, it's amazing what has happened. And, and I, again, let's go and talk to creators, share about podcasting, talk about, and and I'm not going to change my tune based on where I'm at. So I'm really, really excited about going and, and, and talking about, the the openness of podcasting. Todd, did you get a sense at all that uh, I didn't talk to talk to them in detail about this about uh, whether or not that that event is going to attract people from outside of Saudi Arabia? I well? I'm not sure. They're expecting fifteen thousand. I know, I know, it's huge, huge. And this is the first of many events they're going to have. So I don't know what the next segment of events are. Yeah. Um, I asked for the. Um, yeah, I'd love to go if they're doing another one in the next, next, you know, six months yeah. or something. Yeah, like I that. I asked for the um, agenda. I wanted to read through the program. The program is largely in Arabic, so I was reading through what I could. There is parts of it that are English, but um, so there's going to be uh. Someone there from Spotify Asia, someone there from, uh, from eight, from, uh, there's going to be a podcasting group from Asia. It's uh, Edison, Dan, uh, Dan Rosen is going to be there. Okay. Um, so it's, there's some names in there that I saw that I recognized. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's going to, I'm, I'm kind of thrilled to see what's going to happen. Now, think they paid for just as a disclosure, they paid for airfare and hotel for mm-hmm. me to go. Um, yeah. so that, uh, that's, you know, that offset significant costs getting in there. They, they processed the visa, uh, which is, you know, not a big deal, yeah. but, uh, yeah, fly on Lufthansa, go into Frankfurt, Germany, have a layover. If you're in Frankfurt, let me know, uh, meet me at the airport. I got a seven hour layover early in the morning <laughs> and then, uh, on to, uh, to Riyadh and get in about eight o'clock at night. It's not as bad of a flight as this going to Asia. It's like 21 hours or something like that. Total travel time. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just, you know, and I was pretty, cause you know, I'm just like getting, you know, digging in here. Um, let me see if I can, I've got the, the program and I don't know if I'm allowed to show this now or not. Um, let me bring it I up. Think they have a website up. It's called ignite, but the ignite, right. uh, website is really kind of looks like a work in a process. 
So, um, so they've got a list of the speakers. And um, so let's see here. Who is a name? So we've got uh, Martha Little, Senior Director, Creative Development Audible is one. Uh, someone from Storytel. Uh, what's some other names? Okay, there's Larry Rosen. It wasn't Dan. Larry Rosen from Medicine Research is going to be there. Um, uh, uh, Gabriel Soto, another uh, director of research, is going to be there from Edison Research. Right. Um, let me scroll down. Then uh, James Cridlin is going to be there from Pod News. Let's see here. Um, managing director of Acast is going to be there. Uh, senior manager of Megaphone Publisher at Spotify. Uh, actually, I found out Ray is not going to be there. Uh, she just had to cancel, so Ray's not going to be there. Um, who else? And a lot of names I am not at all familiar with. Um, some Saudi podcasters already, and I'm going to be looking them up. But um, who else is going to be in here? Uh, I was in that list someplace. I don't know. Right there I am. Um, so it's going to be an interesting event. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting. This, the the sessions start at 4.30 in the afternoon and go to 9 o'clock at night. It's, you know, it, nothing happens really during the day. And, and what it tells me is also is it allows people that maybe are working to be able to come to this event as well in the evening and it yeah. does go over a friday saturday so it's thursday thursday friday saturday thursday friday saturday is the event and yeah, i have the, go ahead yeah. i was just thinking that that's an interesting format um to go in the evening <clears throat> yeah it is and um as i'm looking through this i have uh, one session on Friday, then something else earlier in the week where it's Ask the Podcaster. James is participating in that as well. But um, yeah, and some some events like uh, the London show, <clears throat> the podcast show, they did you know the conference during the day, and then they, they had live podcasts at being night. performed at theaters in in the evening, right? right. So it was basically going this event was going on basically um, all day long for multiple days. Um, so you had that going on too. I don't know that they're, they're doing any live podcasts, but, but it's an interesting combo as we look to the future yeah. um, of these events of maybe really trying to get audiences involved in these things too. So there's, there's, I mean, as I'm reading through the topics on this is there's content creation, evolution of audio, uh, even investors are going to be there. There's things for media folks, um, yeah. audio books. Uh, yeah, I wish I could just, be there. Just, no it's going to be interesting. And I, what I look forward to is hanging out, having the conversations too um, in, the, uh, in the hallways. And uh, yeah. so I think that's going to be, you know, really the, the, the big thing here. And there's, there's two stages. There is a main stage area, and then there is a, I think they're calling it like a pop-up, type of pop-up type stage. Um, but if I look through the partners on this, and I don't know if they're necessarily sponsors or not, but these are a lot of these companies I've never, ever, ever heard of before. Well, there's some. ACAS is in their Audible, Edison, um, 
Spotify, I see. Yeah, Spotify. Dolby. Yep. So, but did you know that there was no cinemas in Saudi Arabia until last year? So really? American really? cinemas no, are... No movies. No movies until last year. So AMC and others are, are building cinemas in all the major wow. cities. That is a big change. In culture it is. There. Yeah, it's huge. So, so some of you may be surprised and I'd love to hear your feet. I, I'm going to be, I can't wait to come back and tell you how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Angami's yeah. going to be there. So I, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, but this, that's awesome. This uh, program is not long, 78 pages um at all so let me tell you from full disclosure who's the actual um sponsor of this um well, it's a it's a ministerial organization it's part of the yeah, ministry it's, it's a governmental thing yeah too. it is uh let's see here which is also really fascinating too it, it it is um i think it speaks to the the culture though um, yeah Okay, so the actual event is being sponsored by the Ministry of Communications and Information Technology. And this is a multi-year public engagement program called Ignite, which aims to inspire, promote, and advance content creators around the kingdom of Saudi Arabia from film, podcast, gaming, digital creators. Ignite will host a series of events as well as educational career development programs in power Saudi content creators were kicking off the program with an audio creator convening called Ignite the Sound. Yeah. We'll have hosting around 15,000 participants and guest attendees will be advertisers, brand reps, content creators, entrepreneurs, investors, listeners, producers, and venture capitalists. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating event. It's really, I, I think it will be fascinating. And, and, and I, you know, here's, It was, it's one of those events where you're almost like, I'm going to Saudi Arabia to talk about podcasting. You know, it's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Because I hadn't been keeping track of what was going on with this, uh, uh, basically this opening up of the country. I didn't even know you couldn't get a tourist visa to Saudi Arabia until a couple of years ago. That's new. Um, outside concert events, inviting artists in new within the last year or two. And I've been been wanting to go to places like Dubai and places like that, but never even considered. Never, never, never considered, you know, and I've been to Dubai and I've been to, Mm -hmm. you know, places in, in Oman and I've been to Qatar or Qatar, you know, and I've, you know, I haven't been in Kuwait, but you know, Dubai's always been really, from my opinion, probably one of the most open of the Arab states. Right. And uh, Bahrain, not too bad. And, you know, in, in Bahrain, if you're in a Western hotel, cocktails are available in Bahrain. Some in Dubai, too. But no, 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 no liquor in Saudi Arabia. If that that would is, be okay with me. I don't drink alcohol anyway. Yeah, so, so that's good. that's a big, <laughs> big no no. Um, right. But uh, you know, I just I think it's it's going to be an interesting opportunity, and so I'm looking forward to the conversations, if nothing else. 
you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, I think it's gonna be an interesting event. So, yeah, I think that the podcasting medium is definitely opening up around the world more and more. You know, I keep hearing more and more, um, events and activities going on out of Africa too, you know, places like Nigeria and, uh, and so I think we're going to see some activity coming out of that part of the world too, more and more. Uh, and what we saw, you know, uh, the radio days Europe event in Kuala Lumpur. So, um, that just happened. So, you know, the, the tentacles of this medium are definitely growing. And, yeah. You know, uh, there's very few places other than Russia now and China, um, well, that I can think of that haven't really gone there yet. Iran is not right. And a few other countries still in the Middle East, but you know, if you, th- you know, what blows me away is you allow, and let's use that word, you allow creators to create content that will create a groundswell of potential change. Because yeah, if you want that change, it's a great, uh, you know, match to, to light. To right. That, um, that change. Now, so, you know, I am yeah. sure there are segments of the population there that probably don't like this change. So probably the older, older generation. I would, you know, and I don't want to, don't want to, you know, make any, because I haven't been there and I'm going to come back and I'm just, I'm going to tell you guys the way it was, but it's, um, it is a, an opportunity here that I think that, um, okay. So here's an interesting thing I found on a YouTube video. The number of women businesses launching in Saudi Arabia are outpacing men created businesses three to one. There's more venture capital and invested money for women-based businesses than men currently. They're, yeah, I think that's a trend that's happening globally right now. But um, to say that yeah. for Saudi for, Arabia, Saudi Arabia is a significant. That's statement. an extraordinary statement, in my opinion. Right. So it's going to be. I'm going to be watching very closely the dynamic of the creators there. I want to see where the split is. I want to see is it is it truly is it way one way or the other. You know, I want to see from a creator standpoint where people come in. Now, people are not used to. There's still rules. So, if you're going to have a GoPro, you can video in public, no problem. Mm-hmm. but you are asked to ask explicit permission before you stick a camera in a woman's face. Sure. At, or, or video them in any way. You, you, now, if they're in the background or something like that, you're okay. But if you, perf- if you target them with a camera without permission, that's a big no-no. And, of course, that's just common courtesy. Yeah, you should, probably shouldn't, shouldn't do be that doing anyway. that anywhere, right? Yeah, right. Right. Um, 
And what I was really looking for in the YouTube videos that I was watching was how many interviews the YouTuber, and this was, he was there early on when they just opened up for tourism, how many people that they, how many women he was talking to in his interviews. And while there were fewer, there was a number, um, some completely Western wear, some partially covered and some uh, in traditional, what you would consider the full, and I don't know the exact term for it, so don't, Please don't sue me, but um, where they're completely covered up. And but yet he had discussions with all three categories of. And again, clothing, I don't want to make clothing the issue or what that's, you know, that's not my thing to even voice on. But it was interesting to see. And the in the commentary, I, I just I was floored. I just about fell out of my chair. Yeah. Literally, because I, I had no idea. So if that if it's if we're opening up and, and allowing creators to create content in Saudi Arabia. Rob, this this is this this the world is changing very, very quickly. Yeah, I think it is in a lot of ways. Um, unfortunately, some ways are pretty risky to the world right now, but we shall see how this all plays out. <laughs> so you know i again for any of you that are like right. whoa i recommend take some time in the evening when you got extra time just type in yeah. Riyadh in your in youtube in youtube right. and look for some videos that were within the last two years yeah. three years and just give a look and be your own judge um again mostly men youtubers at this point not a lot of women youtubers have ventured in but um so I was, and you know, here's another thing too. A lot of people don't know the overseas foreign workers that are in those countries are huge, huge percentage of people. They import, I mean, a huge, I mean, huge numbers of foreign workers to, to work shops, businesses, you name it, waiters, the whole nine yards. So there's this mix of Indians, Pakistanis, Filipinos, people from all over that mm -hmm. come in and not only just Saudi Arabia, but it's everywhere, Bahrain, Qatar, all, all over the world that basically has these big OFW populations. But what I was really watching for in those videos was how many of the folks that they were talking to were from Saudi Arabia. And they did talk to a lot of people that were, you, it, it wasn't like you were getting this mix of OFWs. Mm-hmm that made up these videos because that's what I was being critical about because the folks that are there working definitely have come from a different originating culture than someone that has in Saudi Arabia. So they did a good job in at least the ones I watch and talking to a variety of people, not just people that are there as an OFW working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that the reason why the population um, skews so strongly I, towards the younger end of the I don't think demographic? So. I don't think so. They're really, they're technically not, they're just there working for a couple of years on contract. They're not there as part it's, of the population that gets. residents. And, right. and I don't know what it is. Some countries, some of those oil countries, the citizens gets a stipend every year from oil revenue and, but they pay zero taxes there. So, you know, there's definitely the ultra rich and uh then a very you know there are in you know in any of those countries there is definitely two classes i think 
So it's not like everyone is is rich there either. So, right. But it's to me, it's I think this is going to be eye opening. And well, I plan on get, s- I plan on well, getting out and trying to see as much as I can of Riyadh too. Oh, yeah. So, yes, how many days are you going to be there? I get there on. Uh, let me look at the calendar. I I get there on uh, Tuesday the eighteenth, and then I leave uh, Sunday the twenty third. So, um, but again, nothing happens in in most Arab countries until eight or nine o'clock at night. So from four to nine or 10, we'll be doing the sessions and then I'll be able to go out for a couple of hours each evening and at least see what's happening in the, in the, uh, in some of these areas I've already kind of pre-scoped out from watching on YouTube and, um, uh, and you know, with the stuff not starting to four or five o'clock in the afternoon, that gives me time to do stuff in the afternoon too. So. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to, for sure to trudge around and can't wait to have some shawarma though. That's was one of the first things I looked up was where the best shawarma was in Riyadh. <laughs> <laughs> hey Todd, did you see the, uh, the, the announcement by CBS? I thought this was an interesting announcement. Um, Steve, uh, our, our, our over there who runs podcasting for, for Paramount and Viacom and, and CBS, they announced the, the the launch of the podcast for the young and the restless. You see this? Oh, okay. Um, so now soap operas have now entered the the podcasting space. Um, so, you, so there was talk on my trip to to Europe to kind of you know mention something that's kind of a companion to this. That this topic has been coming up that that soap operas are next, and um, was it game shows? is the next thing. I think game shows have been tried a few times uh, already, but there's there's kind of like a movement towards trying to do uh, like um, like sitcoms, um, rom-coms, and, um, and, and now we've got um, soap operas hmm. coming into podcasting. That's so, interesting. So I don't know what you think about that, Todd, but that, well, I think it... it it was just a natural evolution that we would probably move here. I think, I think they've moved some sitcom, I mean, some soap operas off mainstream TV. Right. So now they're shifting them into another it, format. Well, they're available on like Peacock and whatever they call on, those. Yeah. Yeah. It's still a video. Format. Yeah. Right. But if they're going to do an audio version of the pot of the, of the, is it going to be a, full days of our lives type of scripted thing or it says here in the, the announcement, uh, I haven't talked to Steve, um, indirectly about this, but it, it, it looks like it's an audio only showcase. Now, granted, I'm not sure if that means that this is unique content, yeah. uh, for, for the young and the, re- you know, the young and the restless, um, brand, right. It could just be taking what they're currently doing um, in video and putting it out, but I would think that there would be some missing elements um, going from the video to the just audio. Hmm. I wonder if it's a separate production. It, it's an interesting question. 
um, because it could be produced differently to play up the strengths of audio versus yeah relying on the visual element with the video side. Um, so I think it's 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 an interesting question. They didn't address it in the in the uh, release about it. Um, so so we'll, we'll see. And it sounds like there's other activities going on with Paramount as well. Um, with the late show, um, pod show with Stephen Colbert mm-hmm. is coming out and the daily show ears edition is what they're calling it. Um, that's coming out to podcasting too. So I have a feeling that their unique productions would be my, that would be the right thing to do. All right. Well, there's still people are fans, so I would suspect it's probably going to be, you know, well, it'll, it'll take its course, you know, it's yeah. another form of fiction. So, which seems to be the hot thing right now, right? The uh, shows that are coming out of Hollywood or more studio productions are, are thinking about, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting direction for the, the medium. Yeah. Well, I've been on a few interviews recently and uh, yeah, dig, digging in kind of deep, you know, trying to, I guess for better words, get the, get people, you know, schooled up on where we've been, where we're going, that type of stuff as well. And mm-hmm. some of the interviews lately have been pretty, pretty doggone good. I've, uh, I'm pretty pleased with uh, some of these hosts have really, really doing a great job from a, you can tell that podcasters are, have upped their game quite a bit when it comes to, oh, I guess a better word is their techniques. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that there's a lot more kind of uh, pressure out there to up, up your game and your productions and, and do, do a, do a better, deeper, you know, type of conversation. I think a lot of what's happening on, on, on YouTube is somewhat maybe driving a little bit of this, mm-hmm. um, as well as, that, you know, I watch a lot of, uh, uh, YouTube interviews, um, too, that people think are podcasts, but they, they may not be. Right. <laughs> so, and, and I, I, I do think that the medium is doing well on the content side and that's, that's a, that's a little bit why I wanted to get back into the content side a little bit more. I know I do this show with you, Todd, but I did. Yep you know, kind of restart my, my old podcast to get back into actually producing content myself, Mm -hmm. uh, like I've done off and on for many years. Cause I've also found just from a very practical perspective is that, you know, actually doing a show every week yourself really teaches you just like what you've done, Todd. I mean, you're, you're a classic example of this, of, of that's the best way to keep up with what's happening in podcasting is to keep, you know, producing shows every week and trying to model what you're seeing in the marketplace to it, to improve. And, um, it, and I think it's going to help me with my career and my work going forward. I would love to get more involved in content and, um, and playing up that side of the, uh, of the industry. Cause I do think that that's where the audience is growing, uh, is trying to, produce really good content so so we had the podcast award ceremony last friday yeah i, I watched that that was terrific Tom. and you did uh, a great job. so 
you know, secret be told, I recorded on Thursday. But well, I did I did rec- I did record it in one shot. There is no editing. So I was able to get through without having to edit. But um, you know, the thing that I was most blown away with this year. Let me tell you something. The podcast Baby Mama's No Drama Podcast, they have a fan base. They have a very, 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 very big fan base. That's a that's a pretty good size fan base then, Todd, because you've used more varies than I've I, ever heard I, before. <laughs> I mean, like, like, holy crap, big fan base. Right. Um, they, they won t- two of their categories they were in. Plus, they were both voted by listeners right in. This is not no voting. They listeners wrote in who their influence of the year was and, and podcasters wrote in who their influencer of the year and they won influence. They, they were part of the influencer of the year for podcasters and they were part of the listener influence of the year plus winning people's choice plus winning entertainment category. They mm-hmm. did not nudge out fresh hell podcast in the best female hosted podcast category. Yeah. Um, but wow, what an audience. What an, an amazing audience. Um, my person I had scheduled to read the Spanish categories uh, wigged out on me, so I was in desperate mode. So I used Google Translator. <laughs> I, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> to read the Spanish names. I, I and it I, turned out good, though. I, I was praying good. that it didn't sound yeah. bad, you know? I was just like, oh, I'm my. I'm sure that there was probably some mispronunciation probably that happened. Well, yeah. well, much better than what I would have done. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, yeah, and, sure. of course, the person right. that was going to read the categories for me, they their, their, their audio arrived like Saturday after the oh, awards. Oh, wow, okay. That <laughs> so didn't help. A little late, right. you know? Right. Um. But we are going to make some changes next year. Um, next year, we're going to have a minimum requirement of number of episodes to do in the current year. Because there was a few shows that had none done, you know, they'd done a lot of episodes, but they hadn't done any in 2022. Oh, really? So, wow. yeah. And um, and I think there's a few shows that have hit the, the basically we allow them to win five times in one category. Then they go into, they basically are then, they go into what we call our uh, legacy show list and they aren't allowed to participate in that category anymore. Yeah. I think I saw one or two that had like four or three or four. um, Real life, real climb cleaned up. They had three. I don't think anybody had more than three. Another monster, monster audience. No, but Um, I mean, back to back years. Oh yeah. They've had some back to back years for sure. It's pretty amazing. Some of these shows, um, are just big and we weigh, we do a weighting thing so that when we go ready to do the final voting that, you know, let's say the folks from just, I'll just do a number. Let's say a hundred thousand people came in to and nominated baby mamas. Mm -hmm. When we go and and pick our final voting team, there is a weighting applied so that they don't have more listeners than any other show 
in the final voting pool so that it it's evened out basically and mm-hmm. um and then it's really the rest of those that grouping depends on who picks what but yeah so but there's some you know there was some very interesting one there um the best asian podcast was ghost maps a true southwest asian horse story oh by the way Apple Podcasts, of course, came out again as the best podcast listening platform by a long ways. And we had 5.7 million people that voted or actually did the nomination piece. And um, Apple, by far, I mean, just smoked everybody. So, Todd, is there anything you, you took away from those shows that you had mentioned had very, very rabid fan bases to them? What? Is there any common characteristics that you saw in those shows and what those shows have been able to foster? I, I think those shows are just, they're super dynamic host. Oh, is that it? High okay. energy, dynamic. I, I, it's, it's really, you know, I think that's those that have those big fan bases. They're just, they, they are, yeah, I think just super engaging and, you know, likable do live or do they do? I, I don't know. Pre- I don't know about baby okay. mamas. I, I'm not sure if they do live or not. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it's definitely a, an interesting as we're in watching Cause I don't go through and subscribe to every podcast. We just go in and review and make sure they meet the minimum requirements to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the one that surprised me probably the most was the Southern Tea podcast and uh, in the kids and family category. Um, never, never had been on the radar before, came in and just whooped butt. Um, so, yeah, it's Fake the Nation, another another one that came in. It was a great show. All these shows are, are great. Matter of fact, the, one, the oldest show in the group is the Irish and Celtic Music podcast that won that category. They they've won in years past, but it's been a long time yeah, since. Yeah, that's an old show. It's right? an old show, two thousand five. So yeah. an old school show, but I I think the, you know, the process is not perfect, but I think that um, a good a good representation of shows that were, you know, high end production and indie. But if you look at the final lineup for Adam Curry was you know ba- uh, and that's why we drink Baby Mama's No Drama Podcast Big Mad. True Crime, Derek and Romaine, Fantasy Football Today, Fresh Hell, Hey Riddle Riddle, Monsters Among Us, Morning Combat with Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell, Real Life, Real Crime. All these shows, I think almost all of them won in a subcategory that were in that top 10 Adam Curry's list. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, right. But anyway. Uh, until so next did you year. get a feeling like, uh, I kind of got this sense that this year, uh, there was a lot more energy behind the international podcast day. Yeah, again. I think so. I think more people got behind it this year. Steve and Dave did eight or nine hours live and doing yep. their thing. And they went around the world with different podcasters. When I tuned in a couple of times, there was people were speaking in French and German and <laughs> I, you know, I was like, okay, that's cool. And you know, I bounced right. out. Um, but there was a bunch of other folks doing events as well. So I think it went over well. Um, of course, Steve, Dave, and, uh, um, Daniel were, I think were the originators of the international podcast day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the big surprise for my influencer of the year on the podcaster side was Malcolm Gladwell and Adam Iser. They were yeah. what podcasters said were the ones that influenced them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Curry and Dave Jones made the list. Elsie and Jessica made the list. And then Kaylee, Kale and V made it for, and then on the listener side, Heather Ashley from Big Mad True Crime, uh, George A. Rodriguez of Lisa Segunda Guerrero Mandal. Of course, I just destroyed that Spanish word. Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell, Morning Combat, Woody Overton, Real Life, Real Crime. Heather Ashley, Big Mad True Crime. So again, we have really no influence on those whatsoever. People just write them in as they register to vote. Mm-hmm. So, so that that listener award, what's the criteria for that? Is it pure, just- purely we ask them when they register what podcaster has influenced you the most, uh, okay. or podcasters because it's usually plural when it's a two team. Okay, and then we go through and mm-hmm. just tally it up. It's just a pure, got it. Pure it's vote, just a raw, just a raw number nomination. And yep, vote that's thing. it. No, okay. not even voting, just a nomination. Because it's done during yeah. the nomination period when the five point we had five point seven million listeners participate this year. So yeah, Todd, Todd, to change the subject a little sure. bit here, did you see the the Spotify fan study that came out just a oh, couple days ago? No, it said the fans who follow or AKA subscribe oh, yeah. to your your podcast will listen to four times the number of episodes than those that don't. Says the data that they got and. And it says that on genres, true crime and fiction podcasts, um, having the highest completion, and that's listening completion rates on episodes. And this is this is from Pod News. So did did they did go, they do go, a go did they actually out. say from what percentage to what percentage? Did they get uh, all it does is a completion rate percentage. So the true crime fiction podcasts were were showing a completion rate of uh, about eighty seven percent. Um, and unfortunately for us, Todd, to some degree, tech shows have one of the lowest completion rates. Now this is on Spotify. So keep that in mind. Of course. Uh, the, the lowest completion rates at 72%. I, so, on Spotify, I would have no doubt because no one listens to this show on Spotify. I think there's three <laughs> or four. Right. Who are you guys? Who, who's, who's the ones listening on Spotify? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't say, you know, what the average length of a, of a show is on Spotify or anything like that to get, get kind of a baseline to compare, right? If, is it, is it more likely that somebody will complete listening to an episode that's 10 minutes long or one that's, you know, Oh, right, 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 right. Right. So that's a little bit of a variable there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was an interesting little gauge on what was happening there. Huh? Yeah. With Spotify and how, how it might be different. It'd be interesting to have that stat, uh, for other, other listening platforms as well. Yeah. And we have the data we could now, run. I thought, didn't, didn't we do this data? Didn't Edison do something like this a few years back? Mm, I don't think on, on they the, did. Don't know if the they did. Completion anything. of listening to an episode within uh, twenty-four hours. Tom will have to answer that. I don't remember anything on retention. Yeah, I thought that that back this was a few years ago. I thought it was in the eighty-five percent. Yeah, 
Hmm. Well, I don't know. Well, Whoops. Don't eat me, Tom Webster. So let us know, yes. Tom. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Tom's been busy. He's been writing the Sound of Profitable uh, newsletter and filling that up with all sorts of information. It's Man, little, little nice takeaways. This is like, right. it's like two times now I'm like, Yes, I agree. And you know that that doesn't always happen. So right. it's you know it's like yeah, spot on. Yeah. So so and, I, and again, don't disagree, but it's one of those things where you kind of you know you do the hot head twist a little bit. You know, all information is good, long as oh, it's vetted. Right. And one one little little side bit here that maybe we'll feel a little bit of vindication on, but I'm not quite sure. It's probably not a not a good sign for the broader industry, but Anchor continues to lose market share. Oh, I know you feel really sad about. I that. I feel really, <laughs> and maybe maybe my prediction, you know, I, they're on the clock for me right now as far as how long before Spotify right. pulls a plug on that Anchor. <laughs> they need to release the Anchor. Is that what you're saying, Todd? Uh, let it sink to the bottom and be done with it. <laughs> Let let the let the uh, bottom crawlers feed on it. But is it better that it becomes the Spotify brand versus the Anchor brand? I don't care what they do with it. I know, I know you don't. But <laughs> it, it said that the lost market share was for total podcast episodes released last month, according to LiveWire. The, the podcast podcast hosting platform was responsible for twenty two point two percent of all podcast episodes in August, the lowest figure ever recorded. That's directly from pod news. So James, thank you. Well, it's a, um, it makes you go, Hmm. Don't eat me, James Cridland. So, you know, I, I, we're moving a lot of shows, you know, we, we have a lot of shows that are our number one migration is from Spotify. I'm not from Spotify, but Anchor, number one. No, by by any means. So, and I of course, guess Joe Rogan. Oh, he's no longer number one. <laughs> no longer number one in September. According, you know, okay. <laughs> I can't take that with a grain of salt. That's right, because all these top ten lists are all subject to you know, you know to well. I mean, I mean, if you logically you think about it, wouldn't it be good for Spotify to have a few other uh, brands or podcasts on their platform that beat out Joe Rogan? When's his contract up? End of this year or something? I'm <laughs> uh, not sure on that. I'm not that. Anybody, I, I'm not sure that anybody knows. Yeah, I'm I don't sure know if he's got public. a two-year or three-year deal or what. Could be a five-year. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. What is it, uh, Rogan? How many how many years are you locked in with the uh, with the, the the Vader, the Darth well, Vader? <laughs> well, he still has his his Lipson account is still active. So. Oh, Pod Vader says I when not catching you live, I listen on Spotify. There's one that was from Pod Vader. <laughs> he says these are podcast one shows. The hosts are reality TV stars. Oh, that explains it. So they're 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 television people, right? Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, you know, um, women are clearly having a big impact. No. 
absolutely. I, the trend that I keep seeing internally is that more women are creating new shows faster than the guys. So 27% of top rated podcasts are hosted by females in 2020. So I, I believe that. Well, you just look at the number of women that won in the podcast awards. It was a heavy, you know, pretty heavy percentage. I didn't do yeah. that. I haven't done the actual math. So yeah. let's see here. One, two. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, nope. Yeah. Mm, three, three, four, five. About, yeah. about half, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a case to be made that uh, w- women comprise 51% of the U.S. population. So yeah. I guess you could still consider them to be underrepresented. I, I'll take that back. I think about a third were of the winners were women in the in PCA. I'll have to actually do a, a count. It's, it's something oh. I can't control. That would so. be consistent with the numbers that we see here. Yeah. But so, yeah. All right, Rob, I think we're just about here at the end. And, um, I think it's been an exciting show. Give some people something to talk about. We've been talked about a lot on other podcasts. I don't know if you know that or not. I've been, I didn't know that. I've been catching some conversations here and there. Really? What are they saying about us? Uh, well, I, the podcast 2.0, we, when Dave was on here, a lot of people were talking about that. A lot of pot. There's a lot of interest in that. A lot of podcasters, but you know who's been very, very silent? Other podcasting companies. Well, I've been crickets. crickets. I've been I've been actively trying to get other leaders from other hosting platforms into our 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 little new group that we're forming. Yeah. When are we ready to announce that? uh, I don't know yet. I think we're still working on the brand. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. mm Hmm. Let's just put it this way. A bunch of us are coming together to try to push the spec and kind of have some conversations around it. And Yeah. Well, and to, to kind of bring people together to share the information. And, and if we can build consensus just by participation in this yep. group, um, that, that'll go a, go a long ways. Because I think Todd and I definitely agree that, that those tags that we talked about with Dave on the show last week, it'd be fantastic if the medium could embrace those yeah. um, and just move forward with it. And it takes the whole innovation question Take, off the table, takes it off the table. And then everyone, you know, we, then we, we, we are the, the chicken that lays the egg, you know, instead of having to figure out if there's a chicken or an egg problem, we, we push it. Yeah, forward or, as the host. or being too dependent on Apple to innovate for right. us. Right. 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 We're I not going to, well, that ship has sailed. Issue. Right. <laughs> because, you know, Apple can now catch up if they want yeah. to. Well, I think that there's a tag or two that Apple has an interest in. Yeah, I think al- so too. Already. Yeah. So, so I think that's a good sign. It's a little crack in the, in the, the and wall it's ne- between the two namespaces. It's not, it's not necessarily a crack in the armor. It is a acknowledgement that what's being done is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there will be some cherry picking that goes on. I'm sure too for everybody. Right. We're doing cherry picking too, right? Because some things are maybe a little too far ahead of the curve, and other ones are like, yeah, we got to do it now. And some of the stuff I'm putting in the purely experimental category because some of it even hurts my head, but some of it just is makes sense. 
So. And there's other parts of kind of these other ones that need to be standardized and developed. And ho- hopefully this group that we're pulling together can work on coming up with some greater standards that we've been talking about um, for, for a long time that are needed in the space. Yeah. Um, if we want to elevate this to the next level and take it, it, take it to where it could go. Is there, have we, is, have there been a, uh, is this, oh, who is this open to? I don't know who are they. Has there been a def- definition of, is it mostly providers or is it going to be open to independent content creators too, or who? I think we're mainly at this point, Todd, I think, and this is the perception I've had from the group is we're mainly looking for existing podcast hosting platforms and the listening side. And that listening side can take, you know, quite a, quite a spectrum, right? It's yeah. any, any platform that embraces um, getting data out of a RSS feed. Okay. So um, you're talking like an overcast and pocket cast and those types of folks. Well, I think those are the primary beneficiaries, but I think, you know, platforms like even like a, like a chartable or, um, those that parse RSS right. to, to display data either in a website or in an app, um, that maybe has not all podcasts, but maybe some podcasts. So, sure. so I think that, uh, any kind of a listening app or listening experience, um, maybe should be part of this, this group. So Andy, if you're listening, I'm having significant challenges figuring out what to put where in your lit section of your new, of your plugin update. There is no definitions of exactly how I'm supposed to format stuff. So put some notes beside some of those columns saying, this is how this is supposed to be formatted because I don't have a clue. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So anyway, hopefully in another week we'll be lit here in the show. So time or so, two weeks or whatever it is. So Todd, does last week mean that we need to have Dave in here every week as a second co-host? No, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. We can we can drive this show forward. Yeah, but, uh, and I, I'm sending a message to someone that's added a you know, some additional stuff to a plugin that works with PowerPress. That's who that message was yeah. to. Yeah, so I guess. To be fair, I guess you know Dave and Adam do it do a show together. So sure. if you want to get more of oh, more of Dave, get the download podcast two point Yep, and th- I don't believe that's available on Apple. It right? is. Someone added it. Oh, it is. There. Yeah, someone okay. submitted it over there, but so you can probably well, search for it now. Yeah, but I think it's good that it's over there. It would be good. Uh, go be be a real podcast listener and go over and go and get the RSS feed and add it manually to your feed. You know, and do it on Fountain. You know, you or you just, it's on, on the fountain app. You'll find podcast 2.0 on the fountain app. Don't, don't be scared to use the fountain yeah, app. Stream true. Satoshi's that's back true. to this show. Right. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> right, I think we've made about a hundred bucks so far on Satoshi's Rob. So wow. it's, okay. yeah. and, but I keep sending them out as donations back to some of these uh, shows. So we're kind of trading Satoshi's right now. <laughs> that's probably a good use for it at this point. Yeah, right? I think so too. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm Todd at blueberry.com, blueberry without the E's. I'm at Geek News on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as well at Rob Greenley. And I have a website, uh, robgreenley.com. I do have a new podcast if you want to go subscribe at um, Spoken Life Show, is the name of it. And yeah. We'll see where that goes. I'm not spokenlifeshow.com. 
Uh, I do have that domain, but it's not currently pointed to. Uh, we're not going to talk about where you put yet. it. Right. Right. Well, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Spoken life show. So go find it on where you can listen to podcasts. All right. Awesome. Yeah. It's on all of the major, major listening platforms. So. All right. Cool. Yeah. All um, right. Thanks everybody for being here. Okay. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.